Thank you for joining us for Three Bs on the Law podcast, hosted by Trisha Barita, Camille Canali, and Susan Dawson. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Three Bs on the Law. Uh, most of us living through the pandemic or, or you know, and, and going remote had struggles with technology, keeping up on technology. Um, and technology has just been evolving so much since uh, everyone went into shutdown mode. So we are excited to have Lisa here from DLZ Group, DLZP Group, sorry, um, because what Lisa does is helps businesses stay up with the evolving technology and the trends and keep your business um, up to date with um, you know what you're using in your in your latest technology and making sure you're you're um, getting the most out of your tech. So Lisa, why don't you tell us a little bit about your company and what you do with businesses? Sure, thank you, Sue. Um, so DLCP, we have been around for 10 years and our whole mission is to constantly innovate um, new and utilizing new technology to make sure that we're offering all of our customers a quality um, technology for them to use and get their ROI for years to come. So we evaluate and do the research on new technology so small businesses do not have to. Yeah, so when everyone went online, Lisa, um, last year that wasn't maybe online as much, I like I had clients that had developed very, very um, established businesses and then they really just like had neglected the online business because um, it really wasn't essential to them having a successful business and they realized everything started changing they looked at they were they were looking at their website. They were looking at the way they were marketing. I knew I knew a bunch of businesses that were like, "Oh my god, I have no idea." I haven't looked at my LinkedIn or I looked at any of the social media platforms and trying to figure out like all the different trend techniques on what to jump into. Um, what did you see as far as the techniques from um, the trends? I guess from the perspective of what people were trying to um, use in the pandemic and like what was the most successful. So the three main ones that come to mind that were became overly popular was Zoom, as I'm sure everybody has been on a Zoom meeting. Everybody calls it Zoom fatigue because there's so many of them all the time now. But that's how so many people communicated. It was a great way for them to collaborate, see each other via video, and still work jointly sharing screens. And it kind of gave them the feeling that they were working together. Um, and there's other messaging platforms that a lot of people took to, to using, like there's Microsoft Teams, Google Chat, and they all gave everybody that feeling as though they were in the office. Um, we also saw a huge increase in virtual computing. That's, that's VPCs. So because everybody was trying to figure out, what do I do? How do I access my desktop sitting in the office when I cannot go into the office? So everybody started using them and it, it, everybody loved it because they don't have to worry about having a computer at home just for work. They now have this way of remote desktoping in, getting to do their work and then signing off for the day and not worrying. Um, another big trend we saw was the whiteboards. 
so a lot of people were used to working together, collaborating, getting together in, in a conference room and brainstorming or talking about some problems that the company was having. But doing it remotely wasn't so easy. So you could share a screen, but what came about was the virtual whiteboard. So some people use stuff like Google Jamboard. Adobe has a great one also called Adobe XD, where everybody can write at the same time. You can see what everybody's envisioning. And it's a great way to get the team engaged to try new, new ideas. Did you see reliance on technology increase dramatically for small businesses during the pandemic? Yes, we saw quite a bit of that. Um, if you think about the brick and mortar places, a lot of them, a lot of them were small mom and pop shops. They, they thought of technology as an afterthought. They didn't think of it as something that they had to implement as of today. So we saw a lot of businesses where they didn't, when the pandemic hit, they couldn't work. They didn't know how to staff their, their teams with laptops to work remotely. How, how are they now going to answer phones? What are they going to do for Wi-Fi? Because many of the households, they have fam their family. So there's kids, there's two parents, both of them are working. All of them now need to be on Wi-Fi. So we noticed a huge trend with the virtual computers or laptops going home. We also saw a lot of people going to VoIP, which is voice over IP phones. So that gave them the capability of now accessing their work phone from home versus having to call in daily or every couple of hours to check the voicemail. Um, and then we saw a huge uptick in um, hotspots. So I know like some of the cell phone providers, they were saying there was a six month back weight, back weight on getting a device because there's so many of them out of stock everywhere because of the need, the demand. Yeah. yeah. I found out my hotspot um, was bad, was old technology when this started because I used it so infrequently before the pandemic that when I went to go use it about six months ago, I couldn't even get logged on because it wasn't strong enough anymore. Right. Right. I, um, one of the things that that has been a struggle i know in a lot of industries and for a lot of my clients there's the how to connect as a team but then there's the new expectations from customers now that customers have been virtual right so there's there's two aspects to your business there's your team has gotten so comfortable and used to just talking through zoom or through teams on you know line or you know the virtual whiteboards like you're saying but customers are, their demands on businesses have changed. They want to be able to schedule meetings with you online. They don't want to have to call anymore, right? They they want emails quickly responded to. What are you seeing from that customer facing side in, in, in a uh, new technology or things that businesses need to adapt to? So one of the great platforms that came well, I mean, I, I know it's it's been around for quite a while, but I've seen an uptick in it is something called Calendly. I know Google has something similar where people can just schedule appointments on your calendar. They don't have to go back and forth. There's not 10 emails going back and forth between you and your customer saying, are you free these days? No, sorry, something just got scheduled. They can see your calendar when you're free real time and just schedule a meeting and not have to worry about that. So, I mean, I think that really uh, played a big key in this. And then there's also a lot of websites um, went to the chat bot, 
where you could have a, a, um, a chat bot built in, you, a lot of times it's built on the back end using um, some kind of machine learning. So if you say that like you, you're in law, so you might program your chatbot to answer the basic legal questions that you may come across. So then you have the right person respond to them and say, hey, you know, I see you have a question about GDRP. What do you need me to help you with? What What are you looking for? Let me get you on my calendar. Let's get this knocked out. So we saw a lot of integrations like that where it made it a lot easier. So customers were still being interacted with on a regular basis but it wasn't draining the small businesses' resources. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed, I was using whatever is the Microsoft calendar program, I forget what it's called, through um, uh, Microsoft 365, is what I had been using in my business even before the pandemic, I had started using it. And there was a lot of pushback where people didn't want to book through this system, they wanted to talk to me. Now let's fast forward 18 months later and everyone's like, do you have a link so I can schedule in your calendar? I mean, a complete 180 in attitudes from my clients and even just colleagues and, and other people out there in the legal world who went from thinking it was rude that I said, we'll use this link if you'd like to book on my calendar to thinking, with it's the only way they wanted to book anything or they're now they're all sending mean links whereas before they didn't have these links so i find that that really interesting um i saw trisha's head react when you said answer legal questions i think she's got a follow-up question on that oh i just the what did you um lisa what do you call them i know what you're talking about the chat bots right like that um pop-up and you were saying like we would have them answer like the most common legal questions i think like I'm just like freaking out of my head that I would never allow some little chatbot to answer any questions that are legal. But um, I do totally run into them on every platform now, like of any, even like my clients, like my, um, you know, vendors that I'm using, everyone is using this chatbots. I'm like, you know, let me talk to a person. I know that's so crazy, but usually when, when I'm trying to figure out something and trying to get information, but I have to tell you, like I've accustomed myself now to going through the FAQs, like going through the chatbot. Sometimes the chatbot's really helpful if they have it set up right, where it goes and takes me to an article to answer the questions that I'm looking for. So those are, that is a really, really useful tool. Um, I'm not sure I could fit it into the law firm, but maybe in other um, types of businesses, I think it's really works for me when I'm interacting with them. And I think like, um, it's interesting to see that, like Susan's saying that people are now kind of like sort of accepting that as sort of the way to be communicated with. A lot of companies don't even have phone numbers anymore. They have like the email or the chat function for you to discuss things with their tech or something. And so um, what do you think about that as far as that kind of change in communication, people accepting these like new technologies? Oh, I, I think it's been a long time coming. Um, we've even seen a trend where I'm sure you've heard of Alexa, um, where you can add now there's APIs that you can build into Alexa where like for us, we've done it where we can some some of our customers can go Alexa. Um, how do I run this instance in PeopleSoft on AWS? And it'll say, OK, that is a great question. These are the steps on how to do it, and this is what you need to do. For additional information, please contact so-and-so at DLZP Group, and they can assist you further. So there's a lot of different 
companies and customers love the fact that they can use some of these new technologies and they don't realize that there's coding behind the scene and all of that. They just love the end result where they can press a button and it's instantaneous for them. Oh, okay. I got another question there. I really like okay. that idea. Can I train Alexa to book things on Susan's calendar and her not know it? Because that would be awesome. I could be like, um, <laughs> Alexa, can you book on Susan's calendar that um, she's having a pedicure and a manicure at this time and that time? Or she's having a meeting with, um, you know, Luke Skywalker. I think she would be really excited about that. <laughs> like, I didn't yes, even know you it, could get it to do that. <laughs> yes, you can. Like, I even <laughs> wanted to build one for my son because he was when he was away at school, um, he, him and his two roommates would always oversleep every day for class. And I was like, you know, we're going to give him Alexa for Christmas and it's going to wake him up every morning. It's not going to turn off until he physically gets out of bed every morning. And so we did it. I mean, they unplugged it, of course, after the first couple of days. But that was the whole thing. Was it, it was a way to make them start realizing, okay, I need to get up. And it was a simple um, code behind the scenes to do. I had no idea you could do that. That is cool. That's amazing. I want to schedule cocktails, however, Trisha, for the freebie. <laughs> hey, Trisha, if you can make an appointment with me for me with Luke Skywalker... I'd be in. Of course, you know, it'd have to be Mark Hamill, but either way, it's fine. Oh, right. I was going to say which one? Mark Hamill or Skywalker okay. Ranch. I'll take okay, let's one. not Star Wars geek out here. Hold on. Like, let's get it's back your to fault for bringing it up. You know <laughs> what happens when someone brings up Star Wars. Uh, so, Lisa, here's my big thing. Um, I am, I will tell you personally, I'm constantly getting emails that I am forwarding to my IT person saying, can I open this? because I don't necessarily recognize appropriate or inappropriate emails sometimes, especially if I don't know the sender. And obviously as an attorney, you know, I get emails from people all over the place. It could be an employee who that I haven't dealt with before. So it's not unusual that I'll get an email from someone I don't know, but sometimes I have trouble deciphering uh, which emails are okay and which ones aren't. And so how, um, I'm assuming cybersecurity is always a huge concern, but you know, you also hear about these companies that have data breaches. And so how has that kind of changed and evolved? I know that's a very big kind of question with a couple parts, but I'm assuming it's all kind of part of this cybersecurity idea. Right. So, I mean, cybersecurity, and I'm sure you've heard about a lot of the hacks that have happened over the, over the past couple of months. Um, we we do a lot with cybersecurity and a lot of our partners that also deal with cybersecurity, there's been such an uptick that many of us cannot keep up anymore because the demand is so huge because what's happening is these simple emails where you think your assistant is emailing you something. But if you actually clicked on their email address, you would see that it's a spam email. Um, so for us, what we've done is we've, we've been training our team. We, we have meetings monthly showing them, okay, this is what spam email looks like. Even though it says click right now or else you're being fired, you don't actually click. Um, and there's great programs out there like websites where you can go and copy the URL. Don't click on the URL, but copy the URL and post it in there and it'll tell you if it's, um, it's a virus or not. And they're even saying that a lot of images 
images now have viruses embedded in them. So when you download photos on your computer um, or attachments, scan them first. So you really need to have a good, um, everybody needs to have a good antivirus and anti-spam mail on their computer. But even at the IT level, if your staff behind the scenes, your IT department, they probably have a lot of rules set up for your spam. So it blocks a lot of the repeat offenders. So I'm sure you get a number of those where it's, you know, you may get John Smith who wants to give you $20 million. Um, and it's the same keywords that keep showing up that they'll block. So you won't get those anymore. Oh, interesting. Don't click on those, Camille. Huh? I don't click on them. I forward them to our IT person who is excellent. And he's like, yes, you can open this. No, you cannot. And I just wait for permission um, simply because sometimes it's really difficult. Sometimes, Listen, sometimes it's really difficult um, to tell, especially like if it's a new client and you don't necessarily know their email addresses or it's, you know, a third party that you're getting information from. Um you know, sometimes it is difficult to recognize. And sometimes, you know, Susan's email goes to my spam folder and we have to dig them all out. So it, it does work both ways sometimes. I specifically right. put Susan's emails into my spam folder. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Susan. All right. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. All right. Lisa, um, this is great. This is cool. I think there's definitely some ideas I have about having you come back on and some more questions that we have. But but for for now, can you tell everybody um, where they can um, get in contact with you, um, your website, your whatever your social handles are? Sure. So my, they can easily reach us at dlzpgroup.com. That's the easiest way they can fill out a contact form. They can always email me directly. Um, I try to be very hands-on. We are very big on making sure every customer feels the value. So that's Lisa at dlzpgroup.com. So we keep it very easy. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. It's just Lisa Brunei. Um, I, unfortunately, I do not know my social media handles. I'd have to look them up. Um, I know we are on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, I'm sure if they're on them, they'll find you. But we can't thank you enough for coming on today. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. I enjoyed it. Okay, and that's a wrap. So thank you for listening again to us, Three Bs on the Law. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast of Three Bs on the Law. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. We also welcome any comments. If you'd like to get in touch with us or suggest a future topic, you can email us at 3-T-H-R-E-E-B-S-ON-THE-LAW at gmail.com. And because we're lawyers, we need to remind you that this podcast is not meant to provide you with legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.